A big shout out goes to Maxis Tires, Jensen USA, and Fox Shocks for supporting the inside line. Jobo, I've got this new device. Can you set it up for me? <laughs> Just like <laughs> classic, like old guy comment. Really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and I'm not even that good, which is the irony. He's like, I'm not very good with technology. <laughs> <laughs> Should we open with that? You've yeah, got Greg Menard and Steve sure. Pete coming to you for for geek squad information <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. but i guess i'm part of the geek gang so that's true be. from geek to the team manager joe bowman <laughs> you'll see in city media union team manager team owner what's your official title with the team <laughs> um good question <laughs> um i guess we run it steel city runs the union for sure um i guess yeah team manager kind of run it alongside obviously the person on the ground managing it which for this year is going to be rose bromley she's um she's actually literally just joined us this week which is cool she cool. worked for santa cruz for like the last i'm not sure how long definitely a good few years she managed like the morzine showroom like a bunch of people have probably met her she kind of mm -hmm. ran that side of things and help build that whole kind of Santa Cruz Morzine scene and all the community stuff does a load of trail building rides tons herself so that'd be cool mm -hmm. she's a bit older a bit wiser so I think it would be good to bring a bit of that to the team yeah a little, <laughs> um, a little wisdom <laughs> yeah yeah kind of I think we worked out like last year I think Jim worked out that like the average age was like 20 on the team whoa really funny yeah, yeah. So, which is cool it's like always wanted wanted it to be young like just you know bring young people on and help you know get them up there up the ladder and just it's nice in it having a young crew as well like everyone's fired up to do stuff yeah. and have that new have that new take on everything whether it's riding mechanic in media like it's it, everything moves on doesn't it and like even though I'm not old yet, I still I feel old sometimes. <laughs> no way, not even close, dude. <laughs> so yeah, it's been cool. No, it's been cool. You kind of have some big news. You're not on Santa Cruz anymore. You're on Trek. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely been. It's been a lot of changes actually coming into this year. Okay. Kind of obviously with everything going on in the industry, it's been tricky for a lot of brands and. Yeah, come like just before Fort Bill Worlds was that August, I think. Um, I was catching up with Santa Cruz, and they just luckily, like, and definitely thanks to them, they told us as early as possible when they knew it, they couldn't kind of continue with it. And it was nothing gnarly, it was just with everything going on, they had to like cut back on some things, which you know, it was a big shame, but totally get it. Um, were you kind of expecting it? Um, no, not really. I mean, like I thought like, oh, it's going to be tricky because all our contracts were up actually this year, which is mm. interesting. Um, so like with everything going on, obviously you kind of think like, oh, it could get tricky or tighter, but, um, yeah, obviously I was really bummed because without Santa Cruz, it wouldn't have started in the first place. And I work a lot with Seb, um, Seb Kemp on kind of all our film work with them. So I know he wouldn't have done it unless, you know, he really kind of had to. So it was no, kind of no hard feelings on that front at all. 
Um, but yeah, luckily, because we knew earlier in the season, um, straight away, it was kind of like, well, I'd like probably a few days of just panic. And then uh, just started trying to think like how and who to go forward with. Because um, I knew we'd, we were in kind of a strong position because small team, like we're not demanding huge amounts of money for mm. like a main sponsor or frame sponsor. And yeah, just honestly, straight away, just thought of Trek because we work with them on the Steel City front and know those guys and like get along with them really well. And obviously they know racing. They've done it forever. Always kind of go hard on the racing. They don't kind of do things by halves on that front. Um, and new Shandro a bit from obviously running the factory side of things on Trek. Cool. And straight away, just kind of reached out to him and said, actually, like, funny." I guess the funny backstory as well was, like, after Chris won Lenzerhide at the first World Cup, mm-hmm. straight away, like, Trek and Shandro were kind of, like, pretty keen on trying to grab him um, from, like, way back in April or May. Hey, and, really? Uh, yeah, so it was, like, kind of funny because I basically, I'd been speaking to him and, like, you know, that's part of the union you know the whole thing is that you want the riders to move on to bigger things Mm -hmm. so i was stoked for chris and just you know we were just chatting and then when all that happened i kind of spoke to shandra and i was like oh hey i might have a solution to your chris problem (laughs) how about uh how about you try and sponsor the whole team (laughs) and um yeah honestly shandra has been amazing with it since kind of day one from then he's just like did everything he could from his side to bring trek on and then Mm. make made that happen which was cool during a year where i don't think anyone was really looking to obviously bring another team on under their brand um which was amazing and then he's helped bring on other brands as well like we're going to be on shram rock shocks which is cool oh okay Um, so another big change on that front, yeah. Which, but that's going to be sick. I think the Shram, Rock Sharks kind of like brand and marketing stuff. I think fits what we're doing as well. Yep. And obviously the product's awesome, and <clears throat> keeps it simple as well because it's basically most of the bike is like one order, which helps the mechanics so much. And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, and then to be honest, the whole bike's changing. It's like Trek. Shamrock Sharks, Envy Wheels. Um, oh. We're keeping Deity for Cockpit, which is cool. Okay. Um, and Maxis. Okay. But yeah, big changes. So. Wow, that's a lot. And the uh, the team's kind of shuffled around a little bit too, right? Yeah, yeah. So in true union fashion, a couple of people moved on. Um, actually, quite a few moved on in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ollie obviously killed it all year, which was really cool. And uh, he had a bunch of people hunting him down. Started calling him Six Figure Ollie. <laughs> um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, n- not literally, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, so he it was cool. Obviously, you know, he killed it, and it's been cool to see him literally from little Ollie going to big Ollie. And yeah. uh, now he's moving on, which is awesome. I'm not sure when that news is coming out. Sure. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's on a bigger team, which is cool. And then 
Antoine, similar. Obviously, had an amazing year as well. Killed it. Um, he's moving on to a bigger team as well, which is cool. Um, but it's weird because obviously, like, it's the whole part of the team is they move on. But obviously, it's it's always weird when they go. Yeah. And, uh, but literally, it's all good. So that's cool. And then uh, I think the kind of one of the big ones is like Jim. Uh, who's been mechanic and like de facto team manager as well this last year. Yeah. Um, he's moving on too, which was really sad, but at the same time as well, stoked for him because he's going to a bigger team as well with yeah. another close friend, which is cool. Awesome. So. He was all year with the the live pit bit stuff and all mm. that. He was so good at that. That just worked out a thousand times better than I thought it could. Like just how yeah. he made sure it happened and happened every time, you know? So, yeah, he was wearing five hats every <clears> week. <throat> it was like managing mechanic in for three riders and then doing, yeah, the media stuff like with the vital stuff and then everything else working yeah. part-time in the winter as well. You know, like not Jeez. easy. Yeah. 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 He's a hustler. So, so I'm glad he can uh, get paid more and have an easier life, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm stoked for him. So, and obviously, you know, it's cool because he's still helping out behind the scenes and getting us set up with the new people. And, yeah, so it's cool. Everyone always wants to, like, pitch in and help, which is amazing. So That's awesome. Well, you've you've built a, a really cool program, and I think there's a lot of respect around it and – you know, I think people want to see you succeed and, you know, as that kind of springboard, you know, for, for people's careers, or even if it's, you know, something they can stick with. So it's, it's been really neat to see. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think even with all steel city filming stuff, I feel like this is kind of my favorite thing we've ever done for sure. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. In terms of like things you're proud of, I think it's definitely because it just kind of started off so small and, last minute and it just went and <laughs> it's definitely been a bit nuts but wouldn't change it so how's are still on who are who are the newcomers if if any yeah so going down to four riders um we've one newcomer ellie hulsebosch i don't know if i just butchered her last name um <laughs> she's from uh, she's gonna be first year junior from new zealand wow um, cool yeah she's been killing it on the nationals in youth so hopefully she can kind of bring that to junior and um, she lives near Lockie in Rotorua or just near Rotorua sorry uh, and then yeah Lockie stays on he had a rough year last year with his injuries but he's he's keen and then Frida's staying on and yeah Hauser's staying on as well so looking forward to some more Hauser and Vital Raw yeah good yeah good squad and he's got yeah. a win under his belt in his second year like what what do you what do you think he'll do this year yeah it's i was speaking to jim about this the other week i think obviously he killed it last year he had the win and then a second and a third and a lot of crashes as well like i don't think he obviously first year juniors it's it's always entertaining just a dice <laughs> roll yeah <laughs> yeah i think you saw it with pinky as well like his first year he was kind of all over the place like did some amazing things, loads of crashes. And then this year just came in, just looked so much stronger and more dialed and just smashed it. So hopefully I think 
I think Chris, now he knows he can do it. I think the main thing is just getting fitter and stronger. I think he wasn't maybe kind of strong enough, like physically to hold on to it sometimes. So I think mm-hmm. if you can have a good off season and get in the gym, get a bit fitter in general. And yeah, he's still young, isn't he? So it's, it's cool, but um, he's definitely got the raw speed, which you can't really teach, can you? So yeah. I think if you can literally just, yeah, work in the gym and, not get arrested for graffiti and anything. It'll be all good. <laughs> I, I love that about him. I think that's so cool. Yeah, he's um, he's cool. Yeah. How'd you find? Like, did uh, I'm sorry. What's the name of the new junior woman? Ellie. Ellie. Did like did Lockie know her? Is that how you heard about her? Or are you out there looking for, you know, junior stats at regional rounds to see who might be <laughs> talent that comes up, or is it just kind of organic? Um, bit of both. It's like word of mouth from friends or people literally just get in touch all the time. Just like, hey, have you seen this person? Or have you seen, um, yeah, it can be <clears throat> literally mates on the scene or people getting in touch. But as well, like, yeah, definitely keep an eye on results nationally. Um, that's how we found Hauser, to be honest. Yeah, just kept an eye on the IXS. Um. Yeah, mainly the IXS and then with Ellie, just from following Lockie at the New Zealand Nationals, noticed that she was killing it in youth and winning by like big margins and beating most of the juniors and the elites as well. So, yeah, yeah, stuff like that, really. Um, But I think it'll be interesting now. I think it's going to get harder because with the way the sport's going, I think everyone's going to start looking younger. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, was a junior intentional on your part, like knowing kind of the exposure they get, assuming this year's like like last year was, or you know, did it matter that they were junior or male female? Did you care? Um, I think because we're like development focused, it makes sense to always have two juniors. Like, so I think at a minimum we should always have two, like mm-hmm. rolling, just so you've got that flow of like young talent. Um. I think, yeah, it's always good to have a split, male and female too. And I think, yeah, just trying to, it's obviously so hard as well, because especially when riders are young, even if they're killing it on a national level, sometimes they come to World Cups and just it doesn't happen, which yeah. is always a thing. So it is, it's tricky. Um, but yeah, I think we've got a really good crew. It's like a nice split. And, and also like the big one for me is because like it's, it's obviously pretty personal and takes up a lot of time and you only, you kind of want to deal with good people. You don't necessarily like, even if you found this kid or person who's killing it, if they're not someone you want to actually kind of like deal with, it's, you know what I mean? It affects for me anyway. I just don't want to do it for the sake of it. Like and deal with, and the parents maybe as well. Um, Mm. So just dealing with good people and making sure it's a nice, crew and environment and i think that helps the racing with all the riders as well like as long as it's a good environment i think they're going to get good results so yeah that was a big one you know going through you've been established now for a little bit now you're making this change with you know with track and with sponsors through your experience what do you think 
brands are expecting out of the union? Are they looking at results? Are they looking at view counts, you know, like marketability? Like, do you have any insight into that now that you've done it for a couple of years? Yeah, I think when we started it, to be fair, no, I think with the way racing is going, results is obviously a huge one okay. because it's only going to get more professional and niche, I think. Mm. And I think with all the new rules and changes you see, and I think it's only going to get more elite at a World Cup level. So I think you have to be getting results or bringing talent up and feeding into the bigger teams, which is what we're trying to do, obviously. Uh, so we're now with Trek. I think obviously the goal, I think, from Trek's side is that ideally we can feed into the factory team. So that mm -hmm. brings a lot of value, which is one thing. And then if we as a team get really good results too, obviously that's a big plus. And then, yeah, media side is obviously a big one with us running it. Like definitely sell it a lot in terms of like, how we brand it and the look of it and the media that comes out of it and the vital things huge as well you know mm -hmm. the pov runs and the pit live and all that stuff trying yeah i guess from the start i've always gone pretty hard on that front and mm -hmm. i think for our size and budget and the staff we have we do a pretty i think we definitely come across a lot lot bigger than we are um yeah. which is cool um but yeah, I think like this year we we finished fifteenth team in the team overall, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but because we move the talent on, we won't be elite next year, even though top fifteen uh, means elite. Because obviously, with the riders have moved on, you don't retain their points. Okay. Is, so like yeah, your standing for the following year is based on basically your team staying the same. Otherwise, you lose their points. So I guess that's one negative of how we do it. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter, I think, as long as we keep doing kind of what we've been doing. Because every year, I guess we've now got like three years of showing that it works. Like mm -hmm. the first year, Tahuto moved, like killed it, moved on to Monraker. Second year, uh, Olizoire killed it. Benny Zwar killed it, moved on to FMD and Junior, and Lockie killed it in juniors. And then this year, Ollie Davies, Antoine, and then, and Hauser. And then, so it's like pressure on to keep it going. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it is a combo, but with racing the way it's going, I do think it is going to come down to results like, as it gets more niche, which I think is the way it's going to go, to be honest. Okay. Can I mean, can we talk about that? I'm not sure how much you know about <clears throat> what next season is going to look like, and if you do know, if you can say anything. But like talking to Greg and someone else whose interview will come out, but they both seem to think it's going to stay the same next year with semifinals and finals. And basically, next year looks like it was this past year. Is that what you've heard also? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like not a ton of change for next year. Okay. I think from what I've, like, on the rumor mill heard, I think 25 is the year when there might be some much bigger changes, I think. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, for next year, I've not really heard anything, to be honest, which is, I think, a good thing. It'd be nice to, like, even if there will be change in 25, I think, get used to the format a bit more with semis and just everything else. Because mm-hmm. um, it did, obviously, definitely change change things a lot this year. Yeah. Um, I do think the junior thing was cool, like having juniors on the live, live feed and uh, their practice earlier like the junior practice after track walk which is like, yeah that, like this. that was the best show of the weekend like, yeah literally <laughs> it's like some kind of entertainment show for all the elite <laughs> riders to go uh-huh. up and just watch people just going crazy um so yeah i think yeah hopefully there's not too many changes and then yeah if there is big uh, changes for 25 it'd be cool i think I think it's just having the heads up in advance enough for smaller teams. Like, if you're a big team, you can obviously adapt way easier because you just get the credit card out and pay for things. Whereas, mm. like, if you're working on a tiny budget, you know, an additional five grand here or a race in Australia or New Zealand can literally be the change between able to actually do a season or not. Mm. Um, so I think... We'll see. Yeah. So unions are not for profit structure, right? Mm, yeah. How how does that differ to what other teams are doing? And like if you know, if you have budget cuts or increases, where does where does the money go? Like how does it work differently? Yeah, I guess it's kind of simple really. It's like is in the UK it's registered as a CIC, which is not for profit equivalent in the US, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just to show that, like, basically, we're not sort of Steel City or me isn't taking a penny. And it's, you know, every penny coming in goes straight to the riders, the staff, the expenses, the whatever is needed to race. And I think that's why it's been able to do what it has kind of within the budget we've got, because, you know, we're not trying to take 30% of it for ourselves which i guess a lot of private teams you obviously have to make money because it's your job whereas it's not our job so that extra cash going back in i think yeah just helps so much um and i think when you know you're not doing it as a business it's easier to almost ask for favors as well i feel like you know because you know you're doing it for the right reasons and you can and I think people want to help you more because they know it's just a, a good thing. Yeah. And so that's been cool. Um, so, yeah, I think budget. But when, yeah, when your budget gets cut, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like ours has gone down a lot for this year, which mm. is tough. Um, but I think almost blessing in disguise with it being European heavy and seven rounds is it i think this year yeah um plus worlds uh takes the pressure off loads um with yeah because everyone's based in europe in the summer anyway with our crew and you can drive to everything which is cheap um so yeah it's just trying to make it happen basically like we put a lot of time and money from our side in as well and yeah it's cool though we love like I love it and it's yeah just do your best i think <laughs> in 
can you give a rundown of what budgets look like? I mean, I know because just because you're not for pro not for profit doesn't mean you can <laughs> you're going to say everything that you do. But yeah, yeah, like what's it cost to get a team from here to there? Add a person or you know add a race? Yeah, I think I guess there's a few levels of how you can do it. Obviously, depending on what you want to achieve, but like I think from what we're achieving in terms of results, I think there is a minimum amount of money you need to like have the support to do what at least we're doing, like in terms mm -hmm. of like mechanics and spares and being able to do a team camp and, you know, not share beds and you know what I mean? Just that yeah, has not, to not have to rough it. Yeah. Like you could probably get around the world for 15 grand if you needed, but it's not going to be pretty. And, you're going to be at a disadvantage massively to, you know, even small to medium sized teams. But for us, for our thing, like our budget's somewhere between like one to 150. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, 125 to 150 ish going into this. We're still actually trying to sort stuff out because <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone's a bit later this year with everything going on. But yeah, like, using 150 as an example like that seven or last year well yeah this year it's seven or eight staff uh, including the riders doing full world cup world champs at least two team camps or weeks and then you know that's wages all expenses running two vehicles a house in Morzine so they can live all summer in Europe. Um, yeah, every, literally everything in that budget. There's no excess. There's no like side hustles to pay for things. It's um, it's gnarly, and we spend definitely every penny. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sound like a lot when you think about the number of people and what you're actually getting done. Yeah, I think so. Like, and like knowing what the other kind of teams budgets are i think we're definitely doing it on the on the cheap compared mm -hmm. um which is cool like it's like almost like kind of like a weirdly fun challenge like trying to make yeah. it happen because yeah. you know you've only got x amount and you can't spend more than it because there's no backup plan and uh i think as well like just being efficient like we definitely keep it really, really tight with some stuff like, you know, people do end up sharing beds and sofas and cramming into vans or splitting logistics with other teams. Like the syndicate were great with everything, like always helping us with like transporting stuff and like throwing us extra things or spare parts and that they help wherever they could. And I think with fact Trek factory will be the same. Um, and like we use the syndicate warehouse in Morzine and we'll share the Trek factory one in Belgium next year, which saves a ton of money. Cause like, where do you put all the stuff like that mm. kind of thing? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so many hidden costs. I think that you don't realize until you do it. There's just so much stuff. Like we just bought a van yesterday because we used to use the Santa Cruz van okay, as well as our sprinter van. Um, like we bought our sprinter last year for like 10 grand, did it up a bit. And that that's been really good, but 
because our mechanics are so young and with Jim leaving, we can't even insure our mechanics on this one in the UK. So we've had to sell it and we, we need to get like an EU registered van. So Whoa, we can really, yeah, it's so just stuff like that. And then yeah, yeah. moving out of the Morzine warehouse from Santa Cruz and we need to get the stuff to Belgium. And then we're going to need to work out like how to get to Belgium to build the bikes when the stuff comes in. And because a flight for, you know, if you want to send Josh, the mechanic down to Belgium, like, you know, for five days to build bikes and sort the van and the pits and redo everything. Like, we can't afford to do it. Like we can't spend oh. two grand on a trip for, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, got to, got to be really careful. So just got to, always getting creative with stuff. Um, but I think we've, I think everyone seems pretty stoked most of the time and everyone mucks in as well. The riders, mechanics, they all get it and yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, That's again, like I just keep saying how neat it is, but yeah, there's this just, Hey, this is what we have and we have to get it done kind of mentality. And it's, it's really impressive that everyone seems to be on board you know riders mechanics all that that they're in it for for the love they know it's going to be a grind but yeah potential results could be you know worth it for sure so yeah yeah everyone's literally anyone who's ever worked for the union has been amazing and there's so many people who just help like last year like got to know dakota really well through frida mm-hmm. he's a vital, vital favorite <laughs> yeah. um and he's been unreal, just like, obviously, with his experience racing. Um, and he's ended up living with the team a lot, like, in between the races in Morzine and stuff. And I honestly think that's that was the the kicker for Ollie Davies this year, was training and riding with Dakota. They share Alan Milway as their coach. Okay. Too. And they were, like, training and riding a lot. And I think... Ollie really listened to kind of what he had to say, whether it's to do with like maybe not all the bike setup stuff, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but um, like not enough yeah, spacers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, from a training point of view, just attitude to racing and you know getting just being organised in life. I think like that was huge, and um, I can't remember what the question was. Where was I going with that? I don't know. I think we're just <laughs> we're just hyped on kind of the, the yeah. color ethic of everything. So yeah, um, yeah. People like Dak have helped tons, and then through Dak, like John Hall was always offering to help with like when we did U.S. Open. He was like he gave Jim and Lockie and Frida a lift up with all our stuff, and we pitted mm-hmm. in the car park under their van. And in Andorra, we pitted out of their van when our pits were five miles away in spain and stuff like that like mm-hmm. um so yeah it's a cool the the downhill seems like just a nice traveling family most of the time and everyone's been amazing yeah, yeah. can can we segue into that like i have that part of the list of you know questions and stuff but okay it sounds like 24 we'll just say it's going to be the same as last year 25 without knowing anything but the assumption that it gets like more pro more elite i don't know where where do you see the union fitting in there because you know it seems like you're this really cool in between of like a full factory team you have that impression 
Yeah. But then you're sort of like privateers with how stuff gets run. You mentioned you're not going to have elite status because, you know, your rider roster has changed. Like this year you can get by, but theoretically, like, will there be spots for you in 25 if it's more like an elite thing? Just based on like the rumors I've heard about, oh, you know, management doesn't want privateers and lower levels. They want it to be top 30 or whatever the number would be. Does that mm. put what you do in jeopardy if it was to go to go that way? I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, I know what you mean. I definitely thought about it. I think it'd be really interesting to see where it goes. Like, I do think the field and the amount of teams is going to get reduced for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, well, not for sure. I don't know. But I'm guessing that's probably the way it's going to go. And I think you could argue some of it needs tweaking, but at the same time, like, I definitely don't want it to turn into this. I think there's this obsession at the moment always comparing to motorsport and it's really good to take influence obviously from other sports because they do certain stuff really well and it's that's always going to happen but you can't compare downhill to MotoGP or f1 or rally like it's a different world and it just doesn't all it's not all applicable and even within cycling like we do quite a bit of road stuff through Steel City and just mm-hmm. seeing their setups and the size of what happens there. Like we're not even in the same playing field as road by a, a mile, like mm. in terms of budgets and TV coverage and sponsors from outside the sport. So I think it's, I just hope that things don't move too fast. And like, yeah. I think even just looking at road, I know it's completely different because it's road, but the way they get outside sponsorship in and do TV and uh, their setups and stuff. It's it's really impressive. Like I know it's not again, applicable totally, but yeah, I think. What, what do they do differently? Like why do you think it's just the, the size of that market that lets them do that? Like so many more people are into, to bicycle bicycling at that kind of level versus downhill. Like, is it our sport itself that, couldn't be cool enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what what's the yeah, difference? Yeah. I think it's I think it's purely just Rose's been around a long time and it's like all the prestige yeah. and it's just a way bigger well known thing for the average person. So like when Tour de France is on telly, you can tune in even if you're not bothered about cycling and you know what road cycling is and instantly you can kind of follow it, even if you don't maybe understand the tactics and where they are yep. like it's and i think downhill's like it could definitely i think get there but it's just we're a newer sport and it's it is different obviously you're on for the some random person looking at a downhill bike it obviously looks crazy it looks like a motorbike yeah and you're throwing yourself down crazy tracks and 50 foot jumps um i think you can get there it's just it's going to take time in it like anything and obviously with warner brothers they've got the resources to push it to way bigger markets. Um, but I guess it just comes down to like, yeah, it'd just be interesting to see how it all happens, like for sure. But for the yeah. union, I think, um, I don't know. I think we're going to potentially have to grow to survive, like budget-wise, I think, being realistic. 
Like just not even because of like the fees of or the limitations of like uh, from the organizers. I think just the, the cost of everything's gone nuts this last few years. Yeah. Like food, travel, vehicles, insurance, like everything's gone nuts. And I think even on that front, like to make it sustainable long run, like, and if it does get, uh, if the field gets tighter and it is more expensive to go racing, then yeah, I think you're going to just need more budget and that will naturally, I think, reduce the field anyway. Mm-hmm. And But it'll be interesting if feeder series grow. So like, I know there's all, there's always rumors about um, some kind of like, f2 f3 style feeder series to get to the world Cups, which does make a lot of sense if mm-hmm. someone can do it um so hopefully that is a thing in the future because it does make a lot of sense like if the ixs could become the official stepping stone to the world cup then i think brands and teams would create sub teams and that series would grow, which could be really cool. Because mm-hmm. um, it is hard to get on the World Cups. It's so expensive. Like I think that's why you've seen a big drop off in, you know, people in vans just cruising around in tents, racing World Cups. Like that has fully died a death. I think the last five or six years, like mm-hmm. you just don't get those vans at cruise anymore. It's yeah. like no one's doing it because I think just the level's gone up so high you can't compete, I think, anymore. Um, okay. So, yeah, it'd be cool to see a feeder series. Um, I think the IXS is really good. And so, like, um, feeder series, let's say we use the IXS, and then you would have Trek has a World Cup team, but then they have, like, a development team that only races IXS, and if a rider on that team does well enough, then they bump them up to the major leagues kind of thing. That's the idea we're talking about here to give them access to the team that's on the World Cup level? Yeah, I think that would be the obvious way it would work. Um, it's a lot of work, though, to get those feeder series working. <laughs> yeah. and obviously, it's a lot of money for the brands as well. There's only so much money sure. around. Like, yeah. So it's, I, I don't know which way it'll go, to be yeah. honest. It, yeah, it's purely a guess. I think mm-hmm. um, for me with the union, like, I love World Cup racing. I don't know if doing it at a lower level would be as appealing. Yeah. But but saying that at the same time, I think I would love to have like a union, like lower tier union at a national level. You mm-hmm. know, if you could grab some younger riders from like maybe one from America and like one from the UK and France and support them at a lower level just to like bring them through you know, national rounds and hopefully they'd step up to the World Cup squad. That'd mm-hmm. be cool. Yeah. Um so yeah, we'll see. Okay. What is what does an ideal kind of World Cup format look like to you? So right now we qualify 60, we do semis, then finals for, for elite men. Um do you think qualifiers should stay that high? Should anyone be allowed to enter? Should you, you know, make it more prestigious like what's it look like for you because you know some of the talk i've heard is that logistically there were too many racers to make the weekend efficient for the uci or discovery whoever's running the show the complaint was there's too many racers considering outside of like the top riders so if you cut that down it makes things more efficient 
But my thought is, who cares if there's 400 entrants? If you're only going down to the top 60, everyone gets a run. You do that on Thursday or Friday. Like you make it so anyone can enter and then you just trim it down to have this kind of promotional broadcast product that looks like the most elite. Like why not give everyone the option to enter if they want to? But, you know, what do you think? Do you think it should be more elite? Do you think leave it open? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think I definitely don't want it to become this super elite, really expensive sport because I think you instantly restrict certain people and talent coming up because mm-hmm. it becomes a game of who's got the money to get involved, yeah. which would be a massive shame, especially if there's not strong national and feeder series in every country because you only get, and then I think certain countries would just dominate that do have strong national series or mm-hmm national teams and backing but at the same time i mean i don't think semis works um i I think everyone kind of agrees on that i think um it's just i think it's dilutes finals from my side i think i I didn't go to all the races last year and the ones i watched from home like i was just super fanning like you probably do as well. Uh-huh. Just watch everything on YouTube yep. <laughs> and um, watch, you know, junior finals, semis, into finals. And every time I did the whole finals day thing of semis to finals, I got to the end and I was just so over it because it was so much content for like, what is it, four hours nearly or something? <laughs> At and, least, yeah. Yeah. And it was an anti-climax for finals in a way. Sometimes I just felt like it was too much biking and um, like, and if semis was more of like a highlights thing on TV, maybe that'd be better. I don't know. But, um, I think for the races as well, like at the world cups I did go to, and obviously the union guys, like it's such a hectic day. Yeah. Um, and for the staff, especially like the mechanics, if there is an issue in semis or, things happen before semis like it's such a compact day it's pretty it's quite gnarly and yeah i think going back to like the quality to finals thing would be the way i think cutting cutting it down from 60 i think 60 works i don't know if it needs to be less I get it for TV that they want it to be less totally because there is, it's hard to cover so many people, but at the same time, correct me if I'm wrong, there's still the same amount of people being covered on last year as it was the year before. I think so. I mean, I like, yeah, just qualify however many you want, but only broadcast top 20. Like what's wrong with that or top 30 or something, you know, like save the broadcast time for the top you film and you highlight, you know, the 51st qualifier had a killer run, then yeah, you throw that in the highlight reel and show what's happening. But yeah, I don't understand why it's kind of overly complicated with, oh, there's only a certain number of riders that we can have qualify or things like that. So Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what my ideal one is, to be honest. I kind of like, I like the old format, to be honest. I think the one thing you could argue is reducing the amount of entrance per round like at Lenzerhide there was a lot of riders on track I'm not sure how many I feel like there was like nearly 400 I think okay. 
Yeah. And the track got so beat up. It was like kind of dangerous in spots. It was okay. just so beat by the end. Yep. And again, not restricting it too much, but I think slightly less than that would be better as well, mm-hmm. just for traffic on track as well. Yeah. And, and you've got lift issues. Like, exactly. Lift yeah. issues and some venues. I think that amount of people is just going to restrict the venues you can use as well. Like okay. if we want to take it to new places, I imagine some of them just can't handle huge amounts of riders, maybe. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's tricky. Like For sure. Yeah, I don't envy the organizers. It's like... No, it's easy to talk shit and just kind of say, I do this and we should do that. And yeah, there's the reality of actually making it happen too. But, yeah, I think the big one for me is like, change is always going to happen for mm-hmm. sure and yep. obviously you know with all the money getting plowed in from the organizer's side but as long as we just don't get we don't move too quick and it becomes too elite and there's no and we just kill the core of the sport off and then mm-hmm. there's no way of making it up and that would be a huge shame i think and so yeah as long as that doesn't happen like that'd be that'd be cool yeah agreed because there's there's stories like the denim destroyer or just some random 78th place you know kind of person that posts up and gets a tent like Mm. those are some of the best stories to tell and like if we lose that that seems that seems detrimental but at the same time those are really few and far between too so there's Mm. yeah there's all the things to balance out i guess yeah it is cool seeing um all the other series sprouting up a bit though like red bull mm-hmm. plowing in obviously more cash to crankworks and the coverage last year and then hardline looks like it's going to get expanded and yeah the new uh, us <clears throat> pro series thing looks cool yep so that's cool and ixs seems to keep doing really well every year like hundreds and hundreds of riders which yeah. is cool yep so yeah hopefully more of that all right if you were if you were giving advice to a young rider and let's just say they had ten thousand dollar budget i'm just pulling out a number and they wanted to race world cups at this point in time right now and let's just well it doesn't matter where they're at would you say yeah go for it put that money towards attending world cups to race probably not qualify but get experience or would you tell them to put that money towards regional series to improve their craft potentially place well and get exposure that way would you tell them one or the other like what do you think's more valuable right now or let's let's just call them like a budding young professional that has potential but they haven't seen it yet i think you've got to do your regionals and try and do well at them for sure and then i think the access is a really good one like i think it's on world cup level tracks and you get to get, and I think if you're North American, especially, like get to get to Europe and just experience mm. that side of things. Um, if you're European, I think the national series in like, especially France, is obviously like a mini World Cup anyway. So if you can do well there, I think you get a good gauge of how you're going to do on the big stage. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like don't rush it. Do do your nationals try and do some IXS 
Uh, but at the same time, like I totally get it if you just want to do World Cups. Because oh, every, why wouldn't you? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think don't stress thinking you need everything. Like as long as your bike works and you're good at working on it yourself and get a group of friends. Like from what I saw in the past, like and how I used to do it filming for the first few years with like Duncan Philpott and Craig Evans. And <laughs> we just used to, you know, we'd book our house stay in it together cook together drive together and it was cheap obviously it's way more expensive these days but like you know you, you can do it even cheaper than that buy a van with some mates go around europe have fun sleep in it <laughs> you know do your best you're gonna break a load of stuff but try and meet as many people as you can and most people want to help if they can i think and um, especially with privateers like you know at the union pit we always we give as much stuff away as we can to any privateers um, and fix things whenever we can. And most teams are the same if they can. Mm-hmm. And it's World Cups in it. You obviously want to be there. So, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. Do What was Hauser's um, junior win? What was his podium paycheck? Do you remember? wasn't a lot right it's like 1500 bucks i know he forgot to go get it because (laughs) we got given it like two races later (laughs) Um, oh yeah it was low maybe a grand okay yeah i feel like it was a thousand euros um something like that okay and granted he's a junior not an elite but the the podium purses are pretty insignificant at a world cup right yeah yeah completely yeah do you do you have any insight as to why they're so low and like what it might do if they were higher? Like I was actually just listening to uh gypsy tales podcast with Jason Wygant and they're talking about moto and talking about uh salaries and like, you know, should people tell their salaries or whatever? And I agree with them. They, they kind of came to the conclusion that like someone's salary for a team probably doesn't need to be public because that's a little personal, but they were talking about race win bonuses. And if on the commentary, you know, you could say something like, all right, say Hauser qualified fastest and he's the last one down. In the commentary booth, you could be like, hey, Hauser's on his way down. If he wins this, the union gives him a $10,000 bonus. And just, mm. and I don't, I don't assume it's that much money, but just no, <laughs> having, having certain numbers available to, to the audience that would kind of hype up why the racers do it, why... Like, obviously, everyone wants to win, but what happens if he loses or if he gets fourth? He's like, he gets 10 grand bonus. If he wins, if he gets fourth, he gets zilch. And to build up that kind of drama, do you think that should be, you know, I guess public? Like, does that strategy sound like it could help hype up racing? Because so much of it's so secret. And it's Mm. one thing that I don't know if it was the Gypsy Tales guy or if it was Wygant, but. They came to the conclusion of like if you're not talking about kind of incentives there's really no reason as to why these people are out there trying to do what they do other than be first place like why would someone want to go out there and be 10th or 11th but if you know there's a certain amount of money on the line or a certain kind of benefit for performing a certain way it makes it more interesting for people to watch do you think that's there's anything to that um <clears throat> that's a good one um i think there's probably a balance because you don't want it to become this like cheesy dramatized 
thing because mm-hmm. I think it's nice how downhill is like it's not like overly dramatized mm-hmm. but at the same time to improve the tv side of things like and i think with like the whole chatting about money and value and riders salaries and i think it is mountain biking is really weird about it and really mm-hmm. old school and i think i think from what i've seen the riders have got a bit more open with each other to try and help each other because mm-hmm. like it's like any job in it like when you're starting out you have no idea what you should ask for like whether you're a rider filmer mechanic like you're obviously new to it and then you learn like okay this is what i should maybe be getting paid and blah 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 but yeah it is super secretive and i think it yeah they almost probably end up harming themselves by being too secretive i think Mm -hmm. um i think the prize pot thing's always been so low because it just it's always been so low from the UCI and it's just been a thing. And it's always just been like three or four grand for an elite win. And it's never changed. I think people almost forgot about it and gave up on trying to change it. And so the brands and the teams just pay the riders, you know, a good salary and the bonuses. And that's what the riders earn. And mm-hmm. it's just been a given. Whereas I'd like to think it's going to change with the new organizers and there should be hopefully more prize money going forward. Okay. But could be added to to the entertainment um but yeah i guess it could be cool like if you know Gwynny's gonna get an extra 100 grand if he wins then right that's that's definitely cool i guess yeah um but yeah i remember it just reminded me actually like when hauser won i remember he was getting on the podium and i remembered um crank brothers had a bonus if you did a shoey on the podium, uh-huh. you got like I think you got a hundred euros. Okay, like, I just remembered as you walked up. But Chris at the time, like his English wasn't amazing. And I was like shouting out, I was like, "Do a shoey, do a shoey!" And he was like, <laughs> "He was like what?" And I was like, I took my shoe, I pointed at my shoe, and I was like, "Drink out your shoe!" Uh-huh. And he did it, and he was kind of confused, I think, because he'd not seen people doing that, and. Uh, <laughs> Then George from Crank Brothers gave him a hundred euros cash later on in the day. Yeah, that's sick. Like sixteen-year-old like <laughs> kid with a hundred euros. Like, yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's worth it though. Like depending on how new their shoes and socks yeah. are, like that's so gross to me. But still, that's so cool that there's yeah. incentive like that. And like hear that story, I think it's pretty neat. So yeah, some <laughs> some sponsors are like really good with bonuses. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it works for like. Well, I know obviously the higher up the ranks you get, the better your bonuses are. But sure. we get some really good ones. Like Trek's bonus scheme is amazing. <clears throat> and like, it's cool. I think, I think a lot of brands just see, you know, just want to reward their riders if they do well, which is yep. cool. Um, yep. You know, like with our thing, every penny of the bonus obviously goes straight to the riders too. Sure. So it's just a huge win. Um, so that's cool. Okay. I remember Sweet. when Ollie's well, I was doing really well last year and uh he was like he maxed his bonus out like halfway through the season and then uh, we were talking because he ran the team with me so it was all good. Yep. We, we were kind of like he was like, Is there a limit on the bonuses? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we were like we had this funny moment where we were like, Man, we 
yeah, we're definitely <laughs> winging this at a certain level. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> um, I will kind of switch a little bit here to just more racing in general, but <clears throat> who do you like watching most out on the track these days? Oof. Um, Jackson's definitely up there. Okay. Um, he just just his whole like flowing down the track thing is crazy. Like when he won Val de Sol, it was almost weird watching mm -hmm. it. He just he was like going down a Velo Solutions pump track or something. Yeah, dude, it's crazy, huh? Um, man, who else? Um, you gonna have to edit this now. I'm thinking too much. That's all right. All right, let's let's stick to Jackson then. Do you think? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of talk out of the mouths of like greg and loic that they feel like they need to adapt to ride and look like jackson's riding do you think that you know the older guard with all due respect do you think they have enough for the likes of jackson and some of the new kids coming up or do you think it's there's a certain style for greg's time a certain style for loic's time now jackson's style and you know technique is what's going to take riders forward like do you think it's a change like that or can they still hang i think we can still hang yeah. yeah i think like with bruni you can like when the pressure's on he seems to get better which is so rare i think yeah like like obviously this oh sorry last year when it was monson and he had to come top five or whatever the math was and you know with jackson and loris and all that stuff and you can just see in his eyes in the start gate, he's just like ready. He's mm -hmm. like not phased. And like the previous, was it the previous season when Loris at Snowshoe, like with the Prella crashing and Loris had to win and Loic had to win and whatever. And then Loic just smashed it again. And it's mm -hmm. like, he's always there when it counts. Yeah. And I think there's hardly anyone that can do that. I think Jackson can for sure. Um, trying to think who else on track like the level's nuts honestly yeah. it's like I think in terms of like when you're watching practice I think that oh, there's a lot of people on the same speed but it is when it comes to that finals run it changes a lot hmm. Um just like like at the last uh, like at Snowshoe when Ronan and Ocean and obviously Dak killed it like ronan in practice is insane mm -hmm. like, especially on certain tracks it's you know it's insane to watch mm -hmm. um but yeah i think when it comes to racing there yeah, that it's just the mental side who's strongest in their head and i think obviously it looked like it clicked for dak a lot last year which mm -hmm. is cool yep um so it'll be interesting this year for him and yeah, Bruni's always there. Loris was really consistent, which was cool. Mm -hmm. Like even though he didn't win one, he was always on the podium. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see Finn do good. Like, big Finn fan. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, he's always hanging it out, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Big dude now as well. He's definitely not small anymore. Uh -huh. he's like yeah. an ice hockey player. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's cool. It's. I think the racing is as good as it's ever been. Yeah. Like the level's nuts. Um, 
What do you think about Amari not being there and he'll be there next year? Like, because that was, I mean, he's such a significant piece of the podium and he wasn't around at all last year. So if he comes back strong. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. I think hopefully he just comes back strong. I've kind of not seen tons from him. Yeah. I'm guessing he's just recovering, Mm -hmm. um, training. But yeah, he kind of needs to come back, doesn't he? He's like, he was definitely the missing piece last year. Um, but it was cool last year with all those individual wins. Um, and hopefully there's some new blood coming in. And like at the last, well, like at Snowshoe with Ronan and Ocean. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully Dak can finally find that half second he needs. Yeah. Um, and do Cole, uh, Cole's always up there and. Like you remember, sorry, Cole. Yeah, like, yeah. Then you forget about him too easily. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Cole's always there. <laughs> exactly, Cole. Laws as well. Like, yeah, yeah, for Lowe sure, definitely could have won one. He's definitely had some kind of gnarly lingering illness all year, which is weird. Yeah. But I think he's got on top of that now, from what I heard. And then, yeah, on the women's side as well, I think with Valley kind of seemed to just find it. It kind of clicked last year yep and but nina's super strong tani's mm-hmm. coming back um yeah it'll be cool yeah yeah it'll be exciting for sure do you ever do you hold the camera and film anymore or are you more behind the scenes director <laughs> producer kind of guy uh yeah definitely still hold the camera yeah okay. um like definitely do like a lot more production stuff but um yeah, with our small crew like still a small crew and just yeah i don't ever want to just be sat at a desk doing you know zoom calls every day um, do you edit too yeah okay yeah like a bit a bit less um sam and and jack who does all the syndicate stuff and mm-hmm. um, do a lot but yeah yeah still edit for sure um yeah i kind of yeah, we definitely like there's no like set roles really with us. We just kinda like all pile in, which mm-hmm. probably sometimes adds to the chaos. But um yeah, just enjoy being out there, especially at World Cups, like I can't stand around in the pits just talking. It drives me nuts. Like That'd be so going. hard. Knowing they're on track and have to stay in the pits, like no yeah, way. <laughs> exactly. So like just get on the hill yep. and uh it's funny, like, I actually bought a new camcorder the other week because I was getting really bummed that I didn't, like, use one anymore. Like a pans and zooms or? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, What'd you get? So I got a new one. Uh, I got a Canon XF605, is it? It's like okay. a new Canon one. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. It's really good. Um, I had the same one as Lola for a few years. Okay, um, yeah. Which has been good. Um, but mine was, like, pretty tired so um yeah because it's still got its place it's just i think oh, people like seem to think it's like people always say like dad cam and old school and and it's like it's there's not, it's so just... much stuff you can get with one of those cameras like yeah. you can zoom in for 500 miles it's always in focus basically you can react yeah. so fast like yeah come on yeah it's yeah. just different style of filming and yep. I think people think it's easy because it's a camcorder, but mm. it's just as hard as using a red. It's just yep. different. Yep. Um, like, yeah, anyone can pick it up and go like that, but to actually get a good shot, 
it's just the same yep. and for racing i think in some places it's definitely the best way to capture speed i think so like yeah the way you can track a rider through a section especially corners um and yeah like you said you can just run and go and plug mics in it's lightweight throw it in a bag yep. it takes a bit of a beat in no lens swapping or anything yeah no faff definitely yep. nicer to use so yeah 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 cool <clears throat> yeah are you gonna make any videos this year are you gonna be on track yep we're gonna um we're actually gonna bring back long form syndicate content we're gonna Ew. start the episodes again okay. which is cool yep so we're gonna do the first one jack's going to new zealand uh end of this month he's okay. got a couple of weeks there with all three of them and then he's gonna get to hardline and then japan after Hmm. and that'll be like the first one which is pretty cool okay and so i'm just going to try and like have a good mix of racing and non-racing and make them long episodes again you know like 20 minute plus yeah. just high production vlog if you want to call it that yeah. um we were thinking of calling it the slog <laughs> the syndicate, <laughs> the syndicate <laughs> video <laughs> log <laughs> but um that'd be cool and then yeah we've got some other stuff at the world cups and obviously say hi check in on the union people and check that's all going good um we might have um oh, i don't know if you have to bleep this as well i'm trying to think um so we might have um because cade's doing his free ride thing mm -hmm. um and obviously he's got new sponsors now that'll get i guess announced soon and uh but he still wants to do the odd race as well and uh, so we stuck him on the union roster um, oh really yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so he might come hang out for a bit okay um, which is cool you know he's gonna do his oh, own yeah. thing completely he's yeah. on some different brands and you know all that stuff but um if you yeah help him out where he can crash on the sofa and feed him a bit that'd yeah, be cool that's killer so when the uci yeah. list comes out will he be on there yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> yeah but um yeah it's uh it's literally just to kind of like you know just help him and check out yeah if he wants favor. to if he wants to exactly. roll up he can yeah, yeah which is killer. cool i saw a few teams doing that last year kind of hmm. adding riders in to give them a helping hand because mm -hmm. if you want to and there was some other teams that got um I guess started last year to give people entries, which was cool. Like mm -hmm. it's a good way to do it. Grab five of your five riders. Uh, you each pay like a grand, and then you got a UCI team. Like mm. it's kind of a good way of doing it. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. What do you think of movies versus long form versus reels and TikTok and all that jazz? Like I know it's kind of like you have to do everything now. Like no one thing is gonna be the full success but like which way do you lean are you into the short form stuff that is pretty important now or is it a nuisance for you to have to make no it's i think everything changes doesn't it like we talk i think we've talked about it before it's like sure. everyone likes different stuff and obviously different generations like different stuff and if you're a brand 
or even a filmer, it's really hard because obviously you've got your preferences too. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, obviously for a brand, you've got to think about like how are we going to sell stuff to people. And at the moment, it's it's pretty tough because it's like there's too many places to put content yeah. and like ways of doing it and the length of it and even the format of it. So it's like it's really tricky. But I think what we've seen the biggest change in is like you make a film, let's say it's five minutes long and that's almost the easy part. And then you've got to cut up 20 different social cuts um, and individual clips and, you know, feed size posts, story size posts, um, you know, everything else. So it's, yeah, I guess it's just things change. You just got to, adapt it you can't get stuck in your ways like an old person and just be like, oh i like doing 20 minute long youtube videos but yeah. um i think personally like i love longer things mm-hmm. like i think it'd be it sounds like there's going to be a few more like full-length films coming out next year which is cool mm-hmm. oh sorry this year mm-hmm. um which is cool and i think they definitely still have so much value for for brands but for obviously for filmers like Mm -hmm. it's it's around forever you always remember that song from that segment even from a film 20 years ago don't you like Mm -hmm. and i think that's still relevant and i think as well like we're all i know we're all on tiktok snapchat instagram whatever and it's quick fire short content but at the same time we're all binge watching hour-long episodes back to back on netflix and disney and whatever other streaming service. So there's obviously a demand for long episodic content and films. So yeah, I'd really like to do another film. I was going to say, would you make another gamble or like, you know, another Mm. kind of full length? Yeah, definitely. To be honest, we were thinking of doing one for this year, but I'm glad we didn't because we'd have probably gone bankrupt. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. um, Yeah, but no, for sure really want to do it again it's just a big commitment i think with other yeah. work trying yeah. to put the time aside but i think now we've got a bit of a crew who can do it um and yeah just feels like a good time but death grip 2 will be cool and i think anthill are doing two other films as well at the moment which is cool okay. yeah so that's um yeah that's cool yeah so interesting yeah yeah it's, it's hard though it's like, oh, internet made things easier, like phones make things easy. And it's, nope, now you just have another thing to prepare for and create something for. And then another one over here, like you've just got four times the work to do, even though it's yeah. 15 seconds or whatever. I think the other tricky thing is, like, I'm sure you see it with Vital all the time. Like you could post the sickest clip ever filmed on a proper camera and, you know, or video that's took two years to make and is five minutes long. And, nobody watches it and then yeah. you post an iphone clip of someone shrouping a corner and it gets 10 million views and it goes crazy and, yep and it goes crazy but at the same time it's and i guess this is where it's like so hard for a brand to work out value is like the 10 million people watching that shroud versus the ten thousand that watch this full-length film mm. who's more invested and he's going to buy a bike at the end of it it's so hard in it yeah. like it's really hard for sure yep yeah. yeah we did from one of the 
the slow-mo vids a couple years ago it was at val de Sol and and john filmed them all hucking off the big drop at the end and i think i put loris and jackson and just like zoomed in on the bike and all squished and i made a youtube short it's like which is better fox or rock shocks you know doing <laughs> those and it has like two million views on it and it's just the most insane question like you can't say one's better than another from the clip but like to get views like that's kind of what has to happen sometimes and like we're not flooding the our feed with that kind of stuff but it, it was more of an experiment to see like all right if i post this what happens like that's what happens so <laughs> it's crazy it's yeah. also kind of demoralizing too like for what you said like oh here's something you worked really hard on and think is really high quality and it doesn't go very far compared to something that you just pull out your phone and get it and post it up so yeah it's just yeah kind of where we're at i guess yeah i'll be honest i kind of stopped looking or caring about views a while ago but just yeah. because it's, it is relevant totally but it's also like if you get like really bummed out about your video only getting five thousand views then you're just going to be depressed all the time yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah or you're going to go down that road of trying to like use that kind of cringy formula that might get views but yeah. you're not going to be psyched on it not internally you know so yeah yeah totally like the other day on the steel city and so we don't post that much but i threw a story up of just to stay warm we were like doing running races up this bank <laughs> and uh, i filmed sam and jack running up the shaley slope like, uh -huh. battling each other and like kind of like takeshi's castle and um that was the most interacted and viewed thing we've ever had on the instagram <laughs> i was just like like all right there you go <laughs> yep yep running yeah. races it is so <laughs> yeah awesome yeah. um if you had an unlimited budget Give me a five rider downhill team that you'd create right now. Oof. Oof. I'd bring back Cade Edwards just to win practice. Okay. I'd have any generation too. Doesn't matter. In their prime. Ooh. <laughs> In the prime. Um I'd have PE. For obvious reasons um i'd have oof, rennie on iron horse rennie oh yeah sam hill iron horse <laughs> that's like the whole madcats team basically yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly Bryn just for cornering <laughs> um, <laughs> um I think when I was younger, who gets stoked on all the time, it was basically Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe Amory now. I reckon. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's hard. There's too many right. good riders. There are yeah. way too many. Yeah. Yeah. It's too hard. Yeah. All right. That's pretty <laughs> solid. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll wrap it up here, but um, I don't know what route classifications are like over there, but hopefully you know what this means would you rather solo a 90 foot five seven or do an aid route up el cap and i think you're a climbing nerd that's why i put this out there so hopefully you know what i'm talking about a <laughs> little bit uh, i thought you're is. a big mountaineer oh is your dad the mountaineer i've done a bit of climbing for sure okay my, dad and my, my dad and my sister are yeah okay um 
<laughs> what was the El Cap one? Uh, do like some janky aid route up El Cap for like three days. The first <clears throat> one, I reckon. It's weird. Okay. Like, you, we've got an indoor Baldwin wall near us. Uh-huh. Going there, like, never really worried about heights or anything. The yeah. second I go on a rope and get a bit higher, as I've got older, I just freak out with heights now. It's weird. Do you really? For no, yeah. for no reason, yeah. Just mm. get, not even like, it's almost like vertigo. Just feel yeah. weird over like a certain height, which is funny. Mm. But uh, yeah. Okay. No, I should probably do some climbing. <laughs> now it's winter. All right. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Vital's going to have a fantasy league this year. Are you going to play for World Cup? Definitely. Okay, good make a union specific team oh dang that's a hairy one yeah <laughs> so i guess you're not allergic apparently not yeah <laughs> all good that's awesome <clears throat> oh fantasy league cool yeah yeah so we're leaking that out moto started but yeah we'll have one for for world cup for downhill so pretty psyched nice is it going to be like the full <clears throat> roster of riders who went there yeah you get a million bucks you have to pick um two women two men and yeah let it rip we we tried to have it so you would have you'd have to pick juniors too but because the races are on different days it just sort of complicates it so maybe uh, we'll yeah. do a separate junior one but for now right now it's elite men and women but yeah recycle should be fun That's um cool. yeah I'm trying to see if we missed any questions here do you have anything you want to talk about that we didn't talk about uh oof. My, my my every time my my wife or kids i'm like hey i've got a call with mr joe who's that <laughs> he stayed with us in california he's from england oh yeah okay tell him hi so <laughs> <laughs> that was cool that was good yeah. i need to come see you in idaho <clears throat> now let's go see each other somewhere better like with better riding <laughs> <laughs> i'll meet you in whistler or somewhere <laughs> yeah sure are you gonna come to any this year <clears throat> mount st Anne would be the only one i could try to get to just like i'm not mm. going to europe but um yeah, I don't know. Mount St. Anne would be so sick to go to. I just, I haven't seen outside of, you know, going to Crankworks or something. Like, I haven't seen World Cup level riding in person for a long time. And I'm sure yeah. my jaw would just be on the floor to see it in person. So, Mount St. Anne last year was like, I think the, maybe the sickest World Cup track I've ever seen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 It was cool. The racing was obviously nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, come stay with the union. Come to this one. Okay, done. Yeah. I'm there. Save me a hey, spot yeah. on the floor. I'll sleep in a car. I don't care. But Easy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, can't think of anything. All right. Um, I was trying to think if there's anything interesting coming up. Mm. Nope. Okay. How many, how many calls are you on a day for the last month or so? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with the, honestly, the union stuff the last few months has been mad. I just bet. to try and turn it on, not to save it, it's a bit dramatic, but kind of just because, mm. yeah, a lot of bands definitely just feeling the pinch massively and cutting back massively, yeah. like we've all seen. And yeah, union definitely felt that. So that was a lot of calls and flapping. Um, but we're okay now. And then yeah, work, yeah, is always busy, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, probably too many calls, <laughs> but it's all good. It could be a lot worse, couldn't it? So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
All right, we'll end this call for you so you don't have to be on one right now. But, but <laughs> dude, congrats on keeping things going and looking forward to to what 24 brings and stoked to have the union out there keeping it keeping it real for yeah. downhill. Exactly. Stoke vital sponsoring it still as well. Dude. Be cool. Our pleasure. Yeah. No, that was super fun last year and looking forward to more this year. So cool. cool. Nice one. Thanks, man. See you soon.